Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Vanderbilt broadcaster Kevin Ingram joins us in today's episode. This season of the podcast is made possible by my friend Jody Jones, DDS. Jody is the dentist of choice in Nashville, whether you need general or cosmetic dentistry, and his client list backs that up. He's got entertainers in terms of music, movies. He's got sports stars. He's got coaches. He's got regular people like us. They all come to him because when you need your general or cosmetic dentistry needs met, he's the best at it. And when you go in his office, it does not feel like a dental office. It is a relaxing spa-like atmosphere with friendly people and great service. You can find Jody at 55 Music Square East. Call and make an appointment today. Jody, of course, is a former Vanderbilt football player. He is a big Vanderbilt Athletics booster. Go visit him today. He's got a 4.9 rating out of 5 on Google, which is tremendous. His number 259-5100, that is area code 615. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast because without him, the season would not have been possible. Kevin Ingram joins us today. He is part of the broadcast crew for Vanderbilt Athletics. He is going to be the sideline reporter for football this season. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. It's been good to see you out at practice recently. Yeah, same here, Chris. Uh, we, we've sat out there, and uh, the weather hasn't been uh, too hot, at least not just yet, but uh, that, that's, of course, changed. But, yeah, it's been fun to be out there and uh, watch some practice and uh, sort of get a little taste of what's going on as uh, we get ready for this football season. Yeah, and for those not in Nashville, the weather has quickly made its way into unbearable territory. I think it was <laughs> Friday or Saturday, it was like, wow, this is great, right? I think it was yeah. you know, around 80 and, and pleasant enough for this time of the year. And, and boy, yesterday it took a turn. I got a text from Alan George right when I was driving up. He said, oh, by the way, we have shifted the first part of practice into the indoor facility, uh, and I immediately understood why. Yeah, we were out there Friday when the practice opened. It was nice. There's a little breeze. And same thing for Monday out there uh, checking it out on Monday. But, yeah, it's definitely taking a, a big turn. The heat index climbing up into a triple digit. So it, it feels like football camp weather now here in Nashville. Uh, I'm never uh, uh, never envious of those guys out there in, in full gear doing what they got to get done to uh, get ready for a season, whether it's Vanderbilt or, you know, covered a lot of Titans camps. And man, you see those dudes out there uh, putting in the work, <laughs> man, you, you hope it pays off down the road. And then certainly there's a conditioning element to it because, you know, you're start the season, it's going to be hot weather and you're going to have to deal with some of that. So this is probably a, a good thing if you can uh, make it through these practices when it's so hot. You know, that's one thing that has stood out to me. It feels like they are for the most part in pretty good shape. You don't see, hands on hips or knees or guys stooped over gasping for breath it seems like and they're going at a pretty brisk pace too it's not like they're walking to and from yeah. drills it does seem like they have done a good job of getting these guys in the kind of shape that they need to be in for these things yeah chris you know i, I think that's one thing that we saw even when we went out there what three weeks ago and saw that early morning workout that really stood out to me that i, I felt like the conditioning level of this group was pretty good 
And in watching practice, you're right. I mean, the guys don't look like totally wiped out by the time you, you get to the end of the work. Everybody's tired and you see them hop in the cold tubs when they come off the field and, and that sort of thing. But from a conditioning standpoint, they do seem like they're in good shape. Uh, and, and again, we, maybe we will know more by the time uh, we get into September and you start to see you know, how this team performs, especially deeper in games. From that vantage point, I mean, watching the conditioning of this group, it looks good to me. Well, let's back up from there and hit the big picture. What are your thoughts on just what you've seen? And look, we don't try to make too much out of it, right? It's a bunch of guys running around. It's yeah. freshmen getting used to things. You don't come away, for the most part, with sweeping observations unless something just really pops off the page. But folks want to know what's going on. Uh, people are curious about their team. And so with that, from your vantage point, what are you seeing that stands out to you that's of interest to fans as you watch? Yeah, Chris, uh, there's a lot of stuff to take in when you're watching one of these practices because you'll, you'll go from periods to, you know, where they're doing individual work and drills and things like that. Then they'll hop into a scrimmage period. They'll do seven on seven. You'll see goal line stuff, all sorts of different things uh, during the course of a practice. So, yeah, you see a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm just kind of interested to watch the quarterbacks, you know, especially Ken Seals and Mike Wright and watch what looks like a pretty talented receiver group. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody got a little glimpse in the spring that it's going to be a pretty up-tempo offense. We'll see how that works. But really, it, it's hard not to focus a lot on, on those quarterbacks and, and see some talented receivers and some nice throws. And, okay, on the flip side, how does the defense look? How's the secondary going to hold up? You know, going against a pretty good uh, and uh, talented receiver group out here in practice every day. So uh, it's probably a good test for some of those guys as they, they rebuild that group a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's, it's hard not to watch those quarterbacks and, and also wonder what the running back situation is going to be like. But I, I like a lot of their skill guys. I, I like the, uh, the receiver core. Uh, you got some experienced dudes coming back there in, in that group, especially led by Cam Johnson, you know, the, the veteran, the senior from from Brentwood. So um, I, I like the experience and the talent level of that group. That's, that's one thing I, I think that stood out probably most of all to me so far. Yeah, I think and of course, they've kind of put a, a self-imposed filter on, on what we can say and not say, you know, fall camps right. are like nuclear secrets in the SEC <laughs> these days. And I, and I try to be very careful when you ask me that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we both do, but let, let's, let's be honest. Like when we sit there and talk amongst ourselves at practice and you're there and Andrew Allegretta is there and some other media guys are there. And that's what, that's the first thing I think most of us are talking about is the receiver group is the one that sort of pops off the page uh, from what they have brought back and what they have brought in. And as guys have made progressions, I think that's the one spot that we probably at this point, if you had to say like that's one confident or one takeaway that you're most confident in in camp, it's that I think we feel like that's probably where they're the strongest. Yeah, I would say so, Chris. I mean, I'm kind of looking at the roster right here and you, Amir Abdurrahman has played. He's had some big games. We know Cam Johnson, what he's capable of, not only as a receiver, but as a return man. Will Shepard was one of the stars of the spring game with this multiple touchdown day he had uh, going back a few months. Chris Pierce has shown the ability to make tough catches, be strong with the football, break a tackle, get on down the field. Uh, and, and you kind of look on down at some of the younger players. You know, Devin Body's been here a couple of years. Haven't seen him, you know, maybe – fulfill what was the the expectations or hopes were for him so uh, hoping for a, a good year for that guy uh we've seen Quincy Skinner you know the, the freshman been get, getting in some work too so 
I, I like that group on the whole. And I, I think you're right. If you're picking out a group that's, that's probably the, the most talented or the one that jumps off the page in terms of this team so far, the receiver group would stand out. The other thing that stood out to me, and this really occurred to me yesterday as I'm watching, I mean, last year they had so many guys out of place. And, of course, they lost foot races where they took bad angles to to ball carriers and all kinds of things. And we won't rehash all that. But I feel like, you know, the speed is going to be one thing. The staff can't do that much to control that this time of the year other than maybe the workouts and conditioning. And I'm not sure how that's going to hold up. But I feel like in terms of pursuit angles, in in terms of sideline to sideline movement and getting to the ball and those kinds of things, it seems to me like they have made a pretty good step up in terms of just the things that I think that they can control with their schemes and their preparation on defense. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, you, you hope for a you know a solid year out of this group. It, it was a really challenging season in 2020 uh, between COVID and you know key guys that that, that may have uh, opted out or decided that uh, you know that that, that it, you know it wasn't a spot where they wanted to be and uh, you know there's just all sorts of different situations that you went through last season. You hope it was sort of a clean slate and a fresh start. You know, a lot of these guys kind of look at it that way. I, I think we've seen some good closing abilities out of the defensive backs and seeing some you know balls batted away or uh some, some nice plays on the ball that that we've uh, checked out so far and you know it's one of those things like every good pass every completion there's a positive story and a negative story and the same holds true for everyone that's knocked down or intercepted or whatever there there's always sort of the the flip side of that so again i, I think it's so hard to go out and just watch practice and and say, okay, this is what this group is going to be three or four days into practice. We're just going to have to kind of watch how they evolve this month. We'll get us some scrimmage work coming up the next couple of weekends and then uh, jump into the games. We'll have a really a, a better idea of who are going to be the key players, who's going to be out there, um, how it's all going to fit together and maybe get a little more of, a, of an idea of how this uh, defense is going to perform. Well, the other thing, too, it is difficult to make an assessment on you guys because they've been through four workouts that we've seen, and you see guys that can catch the ball or or do certain things or they're athletic or fast. But, look, there's a lot more to getting on the field than that. It's knowing your assignments. It's who's around you that you're in competition with, all the variables that we could cite. But one thing that I think I can say with confidence, too, it, it does feel like they have upgraded with this incoming class in terms of speed and athleticism, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Again, big step from there to plugging in and contributing from day one. But I'm sitting here watching, thinking, you know, you may see some of these kids that we're watching in practice uh, get on the field late in the year because I think in terms of – Again, the speed and athleticism, I, I do think some of these guys are upgrades. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know how it goes in a season, Kevin. Like, s- yeah. some guys, some freshmen won't play much at all the first six games, except for blowouts or maybe special teams. And suddenly, at the end of the year, some cornerback jumps up or safety, and he's getting 20, 30 reps. I think this is going to be one of those teams where you might see a lot of that at the end of the year, just because I do feel like that recruiting class they brought in um, – you know, I think a lot of the hype in terms of, of the skills may have been justified. Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes these seasons feel like they're three or four seasons in one. You know, I think about a guy like Ethan Barr. You think about how he came along last year, and he's not a defensive back. He's more of a, you know, a linebacker. A guy's going to you know make plays closer to the line of scrimmage. But you, know, you think about how he progressed. He became a big contributor as the season went along. You, you always see those guys who might not necessarily be ready at the beginning of the season – 
to to jump in and be a big contributor in a game situation. But by the time you get to the end, they've just established themselves or, you know, maybe there's an injury or something where they're able to move up a spot. And all of a sudden they're, they're in there. They're getting those game reps, whether they're ready or not, they're, they're, they're in there because they have to be. So, yeah, I think there's always going to be those stories and uh, it, it will be interesting to see which ones of those guys it will be that that will make that jump even during the course of a season, or maybe you know, somebody who was a freshman last year and they make that year one to year two jump that you always talk about. But um yeah, you, you got to, you know, certainly questions to be answered on this defense. You got some guys who are veterans who stand out to me. Davion Davis has, I don't know if he's the unquestioned leader of this group, but he certainly seems like one of those guys, not only for the defense, but for this entire team. We were out there watching that conditioning a couple of weeks ago. He's beating everybody back and forth and they're running gassers at the end of a, you know, an hour workout. So, uh, and they send him to SEC media days to, to go down and represent. So uh, yeah, you, you got some veteran dudes, but you also have a lot of young guys, and uh, we'll see what kind of progress they make over the course of this first season. And you know, I, I think for Clark Lee and this coaching staff, they're going to—they and Coach Menner, the defensive coordinator, maybe in, in particular uh, with this defense—they just want to see progress this season. You know, you you want to see the results, you want to win football games, you want to be competitive against some of the best teams in the country when you're talking about playing in the SEC, but. You're also trying to build the foundation for the program here. And if you can have a group of guys and make progress from start to finish, and they're a lot better when you get to December than they were right here in August, then uh, a lot of that I would say you'd consider a win, even if it doesn't show up in the win-loss column. Well, you hit on something there that I'm glad you mentioned. Um, I think last year was a team that was almost leaderless in a lot of ways. And I think Ken Seals tried to be that guy at times. But when you're a first-year freshman, even if you are the quarterback, that's difficult to do. And there's been so much emphasis on changing cultures and habits and things. I'm sure that the staff, is it made an assessment of what it had, leadership had to be an area where they fell short. I, I think you mentioned Davis. Uh, you know, they've got Seals on the other side. Uh, all those kind of things. Uh, you know, Elijah McAllister is a guy that I think is a little bit of a leader. It does feel to me like they've got more of those guys this time this year. Yeah, I think so. And, and some of the guys we mentioned, uh, you know, and you got several fifth year players who've been here for a while. And uh, Clark Lee was even asked that question, I think. Uh, maybe it was on Monday during the media session. You know, who are the guys you feel like you're, are, are your leaders? And Cam Johnson certainly uh, comes up right away. And, you know, he, he was even talking about Chris Pierce that. He heard his voice early in practice, and that stood out to him. It's like, okay, I, re I really like that. That you know, here's a guy who's been here. He's a fifth year player. Maybe it's not necessarily his personality to be that big vocal guy, but he, he he's doing it right here when we need him to. He's talking to, to young players about, okay, here's some you know some things to think about in these situations. So I, I think the, that's one of those things too, where you can pick your captains before the year, and you know maybe you do it game by game. I'm not sure how this group is going to do it, but. Uh, th those things evolve over the course of the season too, and, and new new leaders develop, and, and that serves you well as you as you go on down the road. All right, Kevin, we've gotten this far in. We haven't talked about the most important thing yet: the uniforms. What do you think about those? Big fan. Uh, but I like them a lot. I, I did not. I uh, I was a little surprised that uh, they they jumped right in there with new uniforms. I didn't know that was going to happen. I kind of got a little wind that that something like that was was coming along, and then uh, you saw them a couple of days ago. You know me, I like simple uniforms. I like kind of classic looks, especially for football. Some teams can pull off something crazy with you know, Oregon and all the stuff they do or, you know, Maryland over in the ACC or 
Big Ten these days. But, yeah, you know, they, they've turned it up a few notches, too. But by and large, especially for the SEC, I like the classic uniforms. I mean, a lot of the teams in this league have worn the same stuff for years, and it looks great. For Vanderbilt, I like going back to more of the, you know, the classic stripes and sort of the more, um, you know, simple, clean-looking uniforms. I, I really like them a lot. The, the thing that stood out to me that was a little bit different was the helmet. Now the uh, it's the gold with the stripe that looks like you know the the era when Clark Lee played Bobby Johnson, early James Franklin era uh, helmets, but they have the V on the side instead of the star V. I was a little surprised by that. That's a uh, a different look that we uh, haven't seen anything really similar since uh, maybe you go back to more of the like Greg Zolman days and they had the the V with the Vanderbilt uh, you know block letters going across with that logo but that that was something new uh, the v looks like the v on the baseball caps and you'll see it here and there on campus but uh overall big thumbs up liked all the combinations i thought they looked great uh they did a great job with the uh, the video that they put together from the new locker room so uh yeah i gotta i gotta say the uniforms look good i was very pleased with those yeah we did a 35 minute breakdown on YouTube yesterday, Sean. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you want to watch all of that. But, I, uh, I will go as soon as uh, you, we're done with this. I'm headed right there. Ex- exactly. But, uh, <laughs> well, let's go to the mailbag. That is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. VU in Georgia says, is the SEC going to go with two divisions or four pods? I think at this point we'd just all be guessing. Absolutely. Uh, any, anything I can say is going to be a total guess. Uh, I, I know a lot of people think it's going to be four pods of four teams, which if they did that, it'd be very interesting to see the combinations that they might assemble. You can do it geographically or you can do it with some little pods that maybe make sense. I, I'm not sure uh, how that would work. Uh, that that's That's one of the challenges of having 16 teams, although I will say I think in terms of scheduling, having 16 might actually work better than having 14. Uh, to me, having 12 was sort of a, 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 a perfect number, especially for you know some of the other sports like basketball, where you could really put together a schedule that was fair and made a lot of sense in terms of playing division and non-division opponents. Basketball's gone away from divisions completely, but um, I'm not sure how they'll do it. Uh, I, I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, to seeing it, though, and you wonder if Texas and Oklahoma will be in this league before the scheduled 2025 date, which is uh, it have been you know out there for their exit uh, officially from the Big 12. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if we find out the answer to that sooner, maybe rather than later. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Texas and Oklahoma are not going to wait to 2025 to be part of the SEC. Yeah, I, I would think that's very. I, I would say that's probably true, too. It's, it's hard to imagine that they're going to be in the uh, Big 12 for like four more years before all this goes down. Well, the other thing, I'm thinking on the pods, Kevin, if you go to 14 pods, okay, then you play everybody in, in your in football in your pod every year, right? So that's three games. You could go two games in each of the other three pods, and you can come yeah. up with a nine-game system, and then, and then you just rotate, and then it, it, it doesn't end up being so unwieldy at that point if that's how you structure it. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And that way you you see everybody a little more often. To me, that's the bad part, really, about the way it's set up now. I mean, you just don't see those some of those teams in the other division for for years uh, until they you know rotate back and you play them once at your place and once at their place, and then it's another few years. I mean, you, you'd like to 
for, for everybody that plays four or five seasons in your program, you like to at least play every team once or playing it. You, you wish you could play in every other stadium once. I don't know if that's going to be possible anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that might be, that, that's actually a very good idea and would be a good way to go about it. I, I'd be in favor of a nine game schedule too. I think a 10 game schedule might be a little too much as we saw last year, but uh, I'd, I'd definitely be all for a nine game schedule. All right. Last question. This is from VU Titans. Have you done one of your voice impressions to someone and he did not find the humor of it? <laughs> uh, for the most part, everybody is, is okay. Um, there was a local news commentator who I, I did an impersonation of that I, I got wind that uh, that person did not especially care for it. I, I won't say who that was. Uh, but, <laughs> but by and large, they are very well received. I, I know, like, say, Bobby Johnson, for example, uh, I'm not, I, I think Bobby was amused by it, but I always thought that Catherine, his wife, especially thought it was funny. It seems it seems like the the, uh, the the wives of the coaches seem to find it funnier than the, than the uh, actual coaches do sometimes. But for the most part, they're very well received. People have a sense of humor, and the, and the stuff that I do is typically not in, in bad taste, or it's just usually kind of goofy and fun. It's not anything that that really makes them look bad. Is it anyone on your bucket list to be able to interview Bill Belichick as Bill Belichick? <laughs> I'm not sure how that would even go. Be a lot of mumbling going on, you know. <laughs> I, I guess I'd have to, you know, come up with a, a hoodie with cutoff sleeves to uh, to make that one happen. Maybe maybe I can catch him sometime in the uh, in the half marathon or something when he's here for that. I, I know he's a uh, he's been a visitor to Nashville uh, on occasion. Of course, you know, ties to, to Vanderbilt too, but. Uh, yeah, that, that that might be an interesting to, to try to do. I, I get a feeling he probably has a little better, better sense of humor than uh, he shows at times. I would pay to hear that one if you can ever pull it off. Just <laughs> just letting you know. I'll get to work. I'm, I'm efforting that one. <laughs> right. Well, Kevin, that's all I've got for today. Any parting thoughts before we end the podcast? No, I just appreciate you having me as always and uh, looking forward to seeing you out of practice and really looking forward to uh, to seeing the season get started. Uh, you, you know how it is. You, you watch some practice and then you're ready to see the real thing. So uh, ready to get things going here uh, very soon. And I uh, did want to mention one reminder for fans. Uh, everything is going uh, to electronic tickets on your phone. So just be aware of that and, and kind of, maybe familiarize yourself with the procedure if you haven't done that before. But I, I know lots of people are familiar with that. And, you know, it, it's become that way, whether you're going to uh, Titans or Preds or Nashville SC or whatever around town or sounds it, everybody's become way more familiar with that. But just keep that in mind uh, when you start thinking about coming to the game soon. Well, Kevin, we're looking forward to having you on the show. It won't be every week, but we're going to have you on several times during the season. I know fans can't wait for your observations, and, and it'll be fun. So, uh, and, and maybe we'll let you pick a voice to do the show in. You can be <laughs> okay. Bill, Belichick for the whole show or whatever you uh, like. Yeah, so there'll be Again, there'll be a lot of mumbling. If uh, People might not be able to understand what we're talking about. And that, and for, for me, that might be, actually be better. So, yeah, that, that yeah, could we'll, defeat we'll, the purpose, though. But. Right, yeah, we'll work on it. <laughs> well, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you soon. Anytime, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. 
And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.